Welcome to the Stream Engine Podcast with Dave and Dave. Reviewing all the biggest movies and TV shows from Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, and more of your streaming platforms. Stream Engine. Stream Engine. Stream Engine. Oh, hi. Welcome to the Stream Engine Podcast with me, Dave. Uh, the game design extraordinaire <laughs> and movie nerd, and also my buddy, my partner in crime, Dave Neal, filmmaker and part-time water slide tester, um, which I've only been doing for twenty-four hours, and uh, it's pretty good. Have you got pretty any... great? What's it? You know, when you get when you're a kid and you get those, um, you get sort of like the friction burns from going down a slide. Yeah, that- I'm covered, absolutely covered. The problem that they, what they didn't say is that I'm only testing the water slide and there was no water in there. That's the problem. So I've been, they give you this kind of like mankini thing and they just throw you down. Um, and uh, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been a bit of a challenge. My, my arse cheeks are, have disappeared. So um, imagine it's very tricky. It sounds dangerous to me. If that mankini got caught on something, it would tear you clean mm. in half. It reminds me of two stories from my youth, actually, uh, which I've been thinking about every time I've been testing these water slides. One of which was when uh, very early days with my wife and uh, she went in, uh, we went to a water park on a kind of date. It, it was, I say kind of date. It was a date. And um, <laughs> like she is. came, <laughs> she came down the water slide and managed to, um, how do I put this in a way which is uh okay for people she <laughs> she cheese cheese wired herself <laughs> uh, which, and it was really like she came down like really fast down this slide and she was in a lot of pain but it was very funny um so she she's what i described as cheese wired um which you can imagine <laughs> and uh, the other thing is as well i was about 11 years old with my friend luke vaggers and we were at center parks and uh we were on the rapids and we came down the big slidey bit and uh, a lady's uh, bikini top came off. Whoa. And at the age of 11... That's pretty thrilling, isn't game it? Game changer. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> game changer. And I just remember going, oh! And then us just sitting there just like, oh. What, what have we seen? What is what this? What have we seen? Incredible. It was, it was, uh, I'll never forget it. And the thing is, I will never forget that moment for, for as long as I live. I've already remembered it for 24 years. It's not going anywhere, that memory. Right it's brilliant. Uh, but yeah, you know, one of those things, it's a new job, but I can't see myself lasting very long because I'll just disappear because I'm leaving parts of myself on these slides. But um, it's, uh, it's been okay. Brilliant. So, good. Um, other than uh, 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 Dave's uh, obviously exciting new job, we have once again been watching uh, films, uh, TV shows and other such things streaming on Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime and The New Boy in Town, Disney Plus. And this week, or this episode rather, we have been watching, or we have watched, Dolomite Is My Name, the 2019 film starring Eddie Murphy. Yeah, um, which was advertised to me quite a lot when it came out and I just kind of didn't really think anything of it. And then I saw it advertised again the other day and I was like, do you know what? Eddie Murphy has got quite good reviews. Like I reckon it could, you know, people are touting it as a bit of a comeback for him. Um, 
because he, he kind of went away, didn't he? Yeah. I am. I am. That is right. I've not just been like a comeback and it was just he did a movie last year. Yeah. Apart he's... from Shrek, he's he's not really been doing much. He's just been getting Spice Girls pregnant. Just the one. But... I was like, what's he talking about? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, so he's not he's not been doing he's not been doing much, and this is a, I think this is a Netflix film. I think it's a Netflix produced movie. It is, yeah. Um, mm. Which I'm always like, I've been super wary of those Netflix films. I, I know it sounds weird to say, but I've been kind of like, oh, made by Netflix, but actually they've turned out some some good ones so far, and I and I did enjoy this mm. one. Um, should we let's talk about the synopsis? Um, yeah. So uh, Eddie Murphy plays um, real life legend Rudy Ray Moore who is a uh, sort of a comedian and he's been a musician and he's never really tasted much success. He's working in a record store and he, he basically wants to, he wants to entertain people. And it's the tale of how he reinvents himself into a, um, uh, I guess a kind of, what, what's he's, he, I suppose he's a comedian, isn't he? He's a comedian, but it's, it, it all focuses sort of mm. around wordplay, and, and he reinvents himself into this kind of um, obscene character. character. Yeah, mm. and uh, becomes massively successful, and decides to create a film. And I mean, that's mm. not exclusively the plot, but that's that's pretty much the gist of it, isn't it? It's how he finds yeah. uh, f- finds fame as this character, Dolomite. Mm. And I I thought it was really interesting, and um, I did zero research about it before i watched it and as we were going through like george and i were like wow i mean imagine if this was a real story <laughs> <laughs> and then we got to the end and we we're like oh yeah it's a real story <sighs> um but uh i i thought he he's basically this a this guy who's kind of this aging he's had a little bit of um he's an entertainer isn't he really yeah. he's kind of had a, he's had a few music hits here and there and i say hits they don't they kind of you know they no, no one's really interested they've they've never been not, massive no no and he's kind of working in a in a record shop um and uh he's done a, he's he's lived a lot you know he's moved around quite a lot um and the first thing that really struck the fact that i didn't think that it was based on a true story was the fact that Eddie Murphy uh, basically just plays Eddie Murphy (laughs) throughout the whole thing. Um, And as much as he's got some makeup and the hair and everything to, to um, look, look like Rudy Ray Moore, you kind of look at those old performances. I don't know whether you've done any YouTubing of some of Rudy Ray Moore's performances, but it's kind of like, yeah, he's he's done a fairly good job, but he is just Eddie Murphy at the end of the day. Luckily, it's gr- it's great because Eddie Murphy's brilliant. He's very funny, but um, yeah, he uh, he still does a good job, though. I think. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I, I can't remember the last Eddie Murphy film I watched, like you said, other than the Shrek movies. But he was for to me when I was especially when I was a kid, like the the Beverly Hills Cop movies were like a classic. Like I had those, put them in the VCR, rewound them, watched them again and again. Yeah, um, Axel same. Foley was like massive hero. Um, so it was nice watching him in a film and sort of like just, he was just so, so effortlessly uh, charismatic, isn't he? In every single scene he's in, he's just so watchable and so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, mm. I loved it. Apparently, um, Eddie Murphy and Rudy, um, and, uh, Rudy Ray Moore were, were buddies in real life. I didn't realise this. Oh, really? Cause, yeah. um, cause he, he's known to have been a massive influence on the hip hop and kind of rap scene because of the way that... The way that he delivers um, his kind of poems and jokes um, live um, 
was yeah was massively influential on the rap scene so and also the way eddie murphy's stand-up was he was heavily influenced by him and there's cameos by snoop dogg and chris rock in this um who you know they were both heavily influenced by by him as well so he's um it's quite hilarious that he's like such a big deal and um obviously the fact that it's based on a true story it's very kind of hammed up and it's quite hollywood in its um in its delivery he's uh because he's quite a light-hearted character that the, the film takes this kind of light-hearted route i i imagine it was quite a lot harder than it, it it seemed it's on screen. It, yeah, I mean, even though there's crack addicts and stuff in the film, but it's like it's, it's definitely gives you. It's definitely give you come away with a warm fuzzy feeling, don't you? You mentioned um, you mentioned mm. Chris Rock there a minute ago, and uh, and I couldn't help but think uh, the scene that Chris Rock and Eddie Murphy had in the film together. I was looking at them; they were chatting to each other, and I was like, "You have played a CGI donkey, and you have played a CGI zebra." And I was like, "I'm going to go on Wikipedia and find out." whether those two things are in the same family. Apparently they're not. They're oh, like they're like really? the same they're like a subspecies or something. They're connected, but they're not actually like they're not the same as each other. Weird. <laughs> that was annoying. Yeah. You've had a little family of uh So terrible terrible voice fact. Actors. An un, an unsatisfying end to that fact. But uh yeah. Oh I've got a fact. I've got a fact for this episode that I found uh which was that Eddie Murphy was was supposed to have been cast as Winston in Ghostbusters. Was he? I heard, I read on a website. Whether I mean I, I read a lot of things on websites, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but like apparently so. Um, apparently he was like you know when they have an idea for a character, yeah. whether he was kind of uh, auditioned or what, but they basically had the idea that Eddie Murphy would play would play Winston. Um, and I would like to have uh, I would like to have seen that, but I was never I was I wasn't disappointed with Winston. I can't I can't even name Eddie the, guy, the actor. Ernie Hudson. I um, um did you hear about I the, thought he was great. Have you heard the John Belushi uh, the John Belushi story about um uh, Ghostbusters? No. So John Belushi basically had, had died at the time it was uh, that Ghostbusters had been been made and um I can't remember who who it was part of the part of the production crew were like said to the guy that was making Slimer, we want Slimer to look like John Belushi. You got, you got, no, that was it. They said, you got, you got the, the memo about Slimer looking like John Belushi. And the like the special effects guy was like, uh, yeah, totally hadn't got it. Basically the next day came and presented Slimer as, as what he looked like. Yeah. Having not made any changes to it whatsoever, having no knowledge that it was supposed to look like John Belushi and went, there you go. And they went, great, it looks just like him. <laughs> amazing like what a total what a, what a super blag uh that's yeah, brilliant there's loads of facts about him him being based on uh on john belushi but yeah it was supposed yeah, to maybe be. we should review ghostbusters we should do we it. should do this that, and that's not what we're reviewing now we're reviewing Dark no, is my no. name um so um let's should we talk about a little bit about the the kind of the story the backstory to how the character kind of comes about so i thought it was a bit cheeky this actually he works in this record shop and this kind of crack addict guy, uh, a homeless guy, just come kind of bumbles along the shop and they're like, oh man, like, oh God, it's not him again. He's going to come in. And basically the guy walks in and he starts chatting away and he starts talking about this character of Dolomite, which is by the sound of it, just like um, a character, like a bit like, I don't know how to compare it, like the Englishman, the Irishman, the Scotsman or whatever. Like, Dolomite yeah, is like basically, there's just this, this character that's, 
in these stories that people tell who gets up to all this shenanigans and basically he hears this guy talking and then he he seeks him out um in the in the uh in these back alleys where all the homeless guys are hanging out and he basically just pays these guys to just talk to him um and and he records it all and then just <laughs> nicks it just pinches it doesn't he <laughs> just pinches the lot <laughs> and then and then just just then just goes i've come up with a new character and you're like uh you came up with this new character did you well about five minutes ago you were recording a homeless guy i was utterly convinced there was going to be some pay payback for that at some point i was like they're sowing the seed here they're sowing the seed it's just going to come back to bite him on the (laughs) ass later on he's going to learn a valuable lesson about stealing material from somebody and then it was like nope it's totally cool If somebody, well, I, as, as you, you know, we, we have a few friends who have a sort of, I, I suppose a sort of, um, uh, a support group, uh, David Vine and, and Eddie, uh, Eddie Goatman and their support group is for people who have their jokes stolen by me. And I say the joke louder and then get a laugh and basically nick it from them. And I kind of <laughs> felt like this was the same. This was the same thing. In fact, it actually made me slightly angry at myself and made me very sympathetic to Dave Vine and Eddie. But yeah, he just he just pinches, pinches the guy's gag, pinches his whole act and then yeah. takes it on the road and, and makes a ton of dosh from it. Is that spoiler? Yeah, and, then, and then doesn't just doesn't offer to give it to them. But I mean... And George was like, when we were watching it, she was just like, well, he's given them some money. And I'm like, yeah, he's given them like 20 bucks. I don't know what it was, but he just, you know, he, he's, he, it changes his life in terms of like the character just goes down a storm. But I loved, I love how, um, I, I loved how his journey was very much like, um, a bedroom musician, like, and I know it's kind of a little bit music related as well. He had like the jazz musicians in the background, mm. but I just love the fact that he he discovers this character and then he he's just really controversial and outrageous and he starts pressing the records in his bedroom and he does all these marketing things that you... Or he did all the right things, basically, mm. to get a real buzz about him. He's a grafter, isn't he? That's the, the story. Yeah. Is he, is, he works... He works, you know, he's obviously charismatic and obviously very talented, but he works incredibly hard. Obviously, he steals people's jokes as well, but he works very, very hard to get, <laughs> to progress, to get where, where he gets, basically, and has always worked hard. You can see him in the very beginning of the film. Um, there's a, a DJ who works in the record store who's, uh, who I can't think of what the name's character is, but he's played Snoop by Dog. Snoop Dogg. Yeah. <laughs> can't think what his name is. Uh, he's played by Snoop Dogg. Um, and, uh, and, he, and Rudy's basically trying to convince this DJ to play some of his records. And you're assuming it's a radio show or something, but, but Snoop Dogg's DJ character, he won't even play Rudy's records just in the record shop. But yeah. that's the introduction to the character. He's grafting and he's like, He's like, you've got to play my record. You've got to play my record, and that is that that mm. mentality that takes him from where he begins in the film to where he ends up at the end. And it's a great journey yeah. to go on. It's a it's a very it's a very feel good movie, isn't it? Um, and he kind yeah. of takes all these other people with him. He meets meets various people along the way, and the cast is really really good. Like, um, I really enjoyed. Um, there's Lady Lady Reed, who is like his protege, who he meets in a bar. Um, who's yep. like this double-arred She's a badass. woman. <laughs> yeah, her introduction is is punching her husband in the face. He he smacks her and then she just punches him out, basically. Um, but also, I thought, like, he, he, she's not really done anything funny. She's just punched some dude. And he goes up to her at the bar and she says one comment and he's like, 
hey, you should be in comedy. I think you could do this. <laughs> and it's like, what? She's just literally just said one thing and then he just gets her up on stage and it's like... But he, reckon, he recognises in her that, that she's a fighter, I think, in a literal mm. sense in that moment. But that's and, mm. and also discovers that she's obviously going through hardship as well and they kind of have a... A, yeah. you know kin, a kinship through that basically um mm. yeah the rest of the cast is great as well it's got um uh key uh keegan michael key as well in it as jerry who's like this kind of like the right a writer who uh who rudy um works together with later on to make his film and um yeah uh, i love wesley snipes yeah i love wesley snipes in it because i just i just know him as blade so just this badass like vampire killer and then he's this kind of like camp like Best over the top director yeah. who just thinks he's the nuts and then uh yeah it's really amazing um should we uh should we go into spoiler yeah just territory let's, let's do it let's go into spoilers um, before we do, I'd say I'd say definitely go and watch this. It's a you know it's good it's a good it's good fun and it's also you learn a lot about um, about Rudy uh, Rudy Ray Moore because I I honestly didn't know him at all <laughs> hence why I thought this was just like oh this plot's interesting it would be a crazy true story but um, <laughs> he's a really interesting guy and he's he's really influential and he's got a, a massive part to play in the whole rap rap scene and yeah so it's I really enjoyed it. I did anyway, too. Go and watch it yes, and then come go back and, watch and we're going to spoil the back. shit out of it. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So uh, I thought like when he, just when he starts making the film for me, like it just really start. maybe because obviously it's, I was more interested in that mm. part of it, but the, the film started to really ramp up then when like things start happening and he just like gets the hotel and kicks all the crack addicts out and he's just like, right, we've got ourselves a film studio. And it's like going back to what you said about him being really resourceful and just like not giving up. I thought it was amazing that you could just do that. And just be like, yeah. That, and that's kind of what the crux of the whole film is, isn't it? It's like it's mm. it, he's, he's taken these steps and you desperately want him to succeed because he's such a likeable guy and he works so hard and he's never had a break. And he's grafting to get that break. And he does gets his records out, and that's great. And then he decides to invest everything in this film, and it's all been building up to this movie, right? You know, you've got yeah. all these people that have come on board that he's managed to get from from various places and convinced to be part of it. He's managed to he's he's basically put the um, all of his royalties from his records on the line to try and make this thing work. Um, and you're just like willing him, and at the same time dreading that it's all going to go wrong at some point. Like even the bits yeah. where. Uh, he's got this uh, these sort of these film students that have come on board to help him film it. And they're having a conversation saying, we haven't got any money and we've run out of film. And he's like, right, okay, I'm going to go and get some more money. And he goes back to his record company who are sort of like his buddies, business associates and borrows more money off them. And you're like, oh my God, this is going to go so wrong. Um, yeah, and gives all of his rights for his entire life. Like if he basically puts everything on the line for this for this really shit film, like it's really badly done and like the acting's terrible. And it's like for any normal person someone would turn around to them and be like look man this is really <laughs> bad don't put your like don't risk your entire life's work on on this film but i i really want to watch that i really want to watch the film as well because it's a real film that actually you, exists i watched the have trailer you watched any it. of the clips i watched the like, trailer for it and it's oh amazing. my god i've watched so many little scenes from some of the different films that he ended up making after that as well and like it the it is hilarious it's really funny in a in a such a just cringeworthy way like 
I I really laughed out loud as well when he does that that fight scene with yeah. the guys next to the car. <laughs> and that actual scene is really hilarious. It's just it's just crap. They've really like just they, oh, but he sells, but just... he sells it that, and that's the character, isn't it? He's like, mm. it's all about him. The film is the film is crap, but it's all about yeah. him. Like Rudy's just this this magnetic, charismatic individual who people just you know are, are magnetized yeah. towards and want to watch. Um, um, uh, there was um, the, one of the, only one of the things that, that didn't disappoint me, but one of the things that I was in a little strings that were left hang, like left dangling, and, and I didn't feel were kind of resolved was there was some commentary about um, uh, um, censorship. There was a load of stuff about censorship at the beginning, like they're talking about these kind of crass comedians who are swearing and stuff and how record shops would get raided to get this stuff. And um, there's even a really good, uh, a great line. He takes this record that he's made, which is full of like profanity, to a record label and tries to get them to sort of buy it. And the record exec goes, you can call a guy a cocksucker, but you can't say he sucks cocks. Do you get where I'm coming from? And I'm like, that's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. Um, so there's this whole... Th- but it was an amazing analogy, though. Yeah, it was great. It's it so was, true. It was really good. It was really good. I loved that moment. And I, and that line was like, it just popped out to me. <clears throat> but I did, I thought that the whole, um, I thought the whole uh, censorship thing was going to become a bigger thing further on uh, down the film. And it, it, it kind of mm. didn't really. Do you know what I mean? It was... Well, it, I suppose not. But, you know, he... It kind of showed when he was trying to get the movie to Columbia and all these other, yeah. you know, people that, that uh, these other big movie studios, and basically everyone turned it down. And again, he comes out and he's like, "All right, well, I'll put it on." Chris Rock says, "My mate's got a movie theater. You should put it on." And he's like, "Try and make some money on the popcorn stand or whatever it was, you know, just try mm. and just try and do it." Basically, like every other DIY band would go out and just play a show and just try and make a cut of the door or whatever and then and that's what makes the movie studio in the end take sit up and take notice because he strikes a chord with these people and um even when all of this hard work's done and when they're sat in the cafe towards the end and no one wants to buy the movie and he's basically just broke and he's sold all of his rights to everything he owns (laughs) and he's still even though it's a comedy and it's fine light heart and he's taking the mick out of them, like I'd be destroyed at that point. Like he just he's still like, Oh well, you know, what can you do? And he kind goes out he's on, annoyed. He goes out on the street and starts handing out flyers and like just yeah, working yeah. his ass off. And um yeah, I mean that that's it's in, it's an interesting parallel, isn't it, to what the what the world is like today because I think there's definitely a kind of this fantasy, isn't there? There's always been a fantasy uh, that you'll be discovered one day and you'll just be a star like that. Um, yeah. And that, you know, someone will go, you know, someone will be watching you playing in a bar if you're a musician or whatever and go, this guy, I'm going to, he's going to support the Arctic Monkeys next on their next tour and he's going to make a million fucking pounds and record seven albums. And the reality is that doesn't happen. The, the You know, in real life, what, what probably what record labels tend to want is for you to go, right, I've already got, 10,000 people following me on Facebook who are already buying my records and then they'll just swoop in and go, thanks very much. Um, mm. Which is kind of like, I, I suppose the story that plays out here, isn't there? It's sort of showing that his hard, the hard work, hard work pays off. I think nowadays that what doesn't happen as much, but he did live in an era when that was happening, where, you know, you, you would, people would be spotted in a bar and like bands would be given like 
their first contract would be like, oh, here's two million quid, go and record an album wherever you want, take as long as you want kind of thing. So I think um, the fact that he was living in that time and he, he was getting on a bit, you know, he's mm. like receding and stuff and he he wears this wig when he plays Dolomite so that it's, he's a bit more like a pimp and he looks younger and fresher. Um, but it just shows, yeah, he, like you say, he paid his dues and he did it the way that, uh, you know, you, the, the way that it's usually done, like you say, where people just graft and graft and graft, and it's not just like you rock up and suddenly you're a superstar. You've got to play those those toilet venues and whatnot. Speaking of the era, uh, that was something else I really enjoyed about the film, like the soundtrack, soundtrack, the, co- boss. the costumes, cost, you know, the yeah. the, clo- the costume department, and like just the way it looked and the way it felt, like it was just like going back in time to the seventies, and it's yeah, yeah, it was great. I really dug it. The soundtrack was fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, it was it was wicked. Like, um, and that looking back at those scenes as well from the original, the actual film. Um, the scenes that they recreated for this movie was spot on. Like, if you get a chance to watch some of those exact scenes, like the the sex scene where the ceiling falls down, and then <laughs> the fight scene with the, I mean, it's it's utterly hilarious. It's like a student film. Literally, it is shot by students, but like it becomes this like legendary movie. Um, and fair play, fair play to him. They did that thing. I, I really, I really enjoy uh, when you have a movie that's based on some a real life story. I love it when at the end of the film in the credits they're like, "And here's some clips of the actual person." And they did, mm. they did that thing. I was watching I Tonya, uh, Tonya the other week, and they do that, do it in that. It gives yeah. you, it gives you this warm kind of fuzzy feeling, and um, I don't know. I was just, fa- I was fascinated by it. It was great, and I did the same thing you did. I went and looked for trailers and clips and and all sorts mm. of other stuff about Rudy. He's he's, yeah. he's a pretty cool he's a pretty cool dude. He is a pretty cool dude. Um, it's quite funny as well. Like Craig Robinson's in it, who um, who's in the American Office, and uh, basically, I feel like every role that he's in, he will sing at some point. Like, <laughs> that's like it's like part of his his contract that he's just got to just kind of wail over something. Um, he he but, had he, he one of the songs he sings in the film had the lyric. Uh, Finger licking good. I drink your bath water if I could. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's uh, disgusting. disgusting and hilarious at the same time. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, all around it was it was cool. The uh, the only thing I thought that I know it's supposed to be far fetched as the film the 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 original movie that they make is, um, and I know it's based on a true story, which is always a bit sketchy. But I felt like some of the bits were a bit too embellished maybe um i mean i i he it probably happened when at the premiere uh uh rudy doesn't go into the premiere he goes outside and kind of entertains the people queuing for four hours i don't know maybe that did happen but when he hands his cane to the kid i just thought it was a bit too too hollywood it is a it is a film though, isn't it? At the end of the day, like I mean, I is I it? do I, <laughs> I do. It's a film about a film. No, I do understand. What, I do get where you're coming from. Um, but I think you know. I think that's okay. I think they're making a film about a character or a person and a character who was over the top and charismatic and lovable and sort of larger than life. So I think to make a film that embellishes the facts a bit and is 
bigger and larger than life is is you know a fair a fair tribute isn't it yeah like, i suppose so it's like i hun- don't know it's like uh, uh fear and loathing in las vegas and how it's like you know it's just an insane trip because that's yeah. the appropriate you know that's the appropriate tribute to the person the film is about and i guess it's the same kind of thing here um yeah i suppose so i, I just felt that that scene in particular just was a bit bit much for me but um but yeah i thought overall it was a stormer i was disappointed was we didn't get to see eddie murphy's penis in it but hey really? yeah <laughs> do, do you, you see it a lot no, I just like he got, he got <laughs> naked quite a lot in the film, so I just thought his penis might be just, uh, yeah. just knocking around. But I... hopefully, he had one of those opposable penises like Jeff Striker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Right, should we sum up then? Yeah, give it our rating. Let's sum it up. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Actually, uh, it was a perfect. Uh, the, uh, I was feeling a little bit down the day I watched it. I was feeling a little bit, a little bit down in the dumps, and it was the perfect tonic. I was, it was a, a feel-good film. The performances were all great. The story was great. I felt like I learnt something about somebody new as well. It's fascinating. I'm now interested to know all about Rudy. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought it was a great movie. I'm going to give it a four out of five, which is the score I seem to give every single film. <laughs> Apart from Spirited Away, which is five out of five. Great. Um, that, yeah, good, good. I, um, as I didn't actually know who Rudy Ray Moore was, um, I felt like maybe I probably wouldn't be connecting with the film. Like, I, I don't know whether I know enough about that whole scene. But having said that, like you say, I've learned quite a lot watching it. Um, and it was fun. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I felt like it was as much as it was like a, it's supposed to be a feel good film and it's like oh, it's all good fun and laughs and japes and everything. And it was very funny. It wasn't quite. I think they embellished it a little bit too much and it was a little bit cheesy at times for me. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm now really interested in Rudy Ray Moore. If you guys get a chance to watch any clips of any of his films, I urge you, even just the little clips that are like five minutes long, it's well worth watching because the acting is like hilarious and the, the special effects and everything. It's just brilliant. Um, so for that reason, I think I'm going to give it a very high three. So not quite a four for me, but... Um, but it was really good. I'd highly recommend watching it. And uh, yeah, the guy's a bit of a legend. And I look forward to finding out more about him. So what is the next film we're going to be watching, Dave? So the next film I'm very excited about because the next film we're going to be watching is Jarhead. And that is DP'd or cinematographized or whatever you want to call it. Basically my job title, but the king of cinematography, Roger Deakins um who DP'd. no one he dp'd it he double, double penetrated. penetrated this film it's that um, good but it's like also yeah sorry it's also i was gonna just i was only gonna say just following on from dolomite is my name it's also another based on a real life thing film which i didn't realize either yeah absolutely and uh it's uh it's just i'm just very excited because it's great and um it's um, directed by uh, what's his name? Sam Mendes. <laughs> Sam Mendes. <laughs> so Sam Mendes and, and Roger Deakins, uh, they just did 1917, and they've done um, Skyfall and kind of things like that together. So it's a, they're a, they're a pretty good duo. So um, yeah, I'm excited about that, and 
we've got some something very exciting after that episode, but we're, I'm jumping way ahead. But uh, yes, banging. Oh, so right. yeah, that's it from us. Uh, the stream engine is our name, and fucking reviewing motherfucking movies is our game. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound quite as cool when I say it. Uh, so that, that's us done and dusted. Uh, if you uh, if you are listening and you can recommend uh, any other good biographies, uh, which which teach you something, maybe uh, surprised you and taught you something about someone you didn't know anything about. Send them our way. We, we love to watch them and review them. Um, and as per usual, thank you so much for listening. And please share the podcast, comment, like. Do all that business because the, the, the life of the podcast, the, the meaning of its life is to be listened to. So, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And if you're listening to this episode, um, I was thinking about this the other day. If we end up that, I don't know, we might end up stopping doing this at some point. I don't really know. But the likelihood is these episodes may sit online for like forever. You never know. <laughs> so if you're listening to this in like 2040, like just drop us a little message. And it <laughs> find, might really cheer find, us up. Find us. Find yeah. us. Yeah, like 55-year-old Dave might be like, oh, I remember that. <laughs> What's happened to my voice? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, thanks a lot for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Like and subscribe.